Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I've seen a lot of progressive women, generally speaking, they're quick to defend women's rights and speak out against using rape as a, as a weapon of war. But downright silent on what we saw on October 7th and what might be happening inside Gaza right now to these hostages. Why is that? I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know that that's true. I think we, we always talk about the impact of war on women in particular. In fact, I remember 20 years ago, I did a petition around the war in Iraq. Have you said, saying have that, you talked about it since oh, October absolutely. 7th? And I've condemned what Hamas has done. I've condemned Specifically all of women. the actions. Absolutely. The, the rape, the, of course. There's more on this. A good on CNN for pushing Congressman, Congressperson Jayapal on uh, this issue because she was super loud out there about the whole hashtag Me Too Believe All Women, um, et cetera, et cetera. And well, as, it's useful to her. Yeah. Uh, well, let's hear more of this and then we can discuss. But I think we have to remember that Israel is a democracy. That is why they are a strong ally of ours. And if they do not comply with international humanitarian law, they are bringing themselves to a place that makes it much more difficult strategically for them to be able to build the kinds of allies, to keep public opinion with them. And frankly, uh, morally, I think we cannot say that one war crime deserves another. That is not what international humanitarian law says. Okay, with with respect, I was just asking about the the women and you turned it back to Israel. So uh, we're going to get into the uh, the punchline if you will of this in a second but it's worth knowing that leading up to this she still believes Israel 
is just bombing hospitals out of meanness. She still believes that whole thing. Oh, yeah. She's claimed repeatedly as, that they target innocent targets uh, for glee. As, yeah. she, as she said earlier, and then she doesn't believe that Hamas is doing the human shield thing and firing from hospitals and all that sort of stuff. Probably worth pointing out briefly, Pramila Jayapal is the uh, the chair of the Congressional Progressive Caucus. She is their spokesperson, The whole that whole wing of the Democratic Party. Anyway, here we go. I'm asking you about Hamas, in fact. I already answered your question, Dana. I, I said it's horrific, and okay. I think that rape is horrific, sexual assault is horrific. I think that it happens in war situations. Terrorist organizations like Hamas obviously are using these as tools. Mm -hmm. However, I think we have to be balanced about bringing in the outrages against Palestinians. Yeah. 15,000 Palestinians have been killed in Israeli airstrikes, three-quarters of whom and it's, are women and children. And it's horrible, but you're, you don't see Israeli soldiers raping um, Well, Dana, I think women. we're not, we're not I, I don't want this to be the hierarchy of oppressions. Right. I think 15,000 people be. have been killed. It shouldn't Palestinians, be, and it, which is horrible. Yeah, so she, uh, she is not going to look at it that way. The idea you know, I, that I, I, Hamas I, uses rape, says it out loud, videotapes it, puts it on social media, brags about it, laughs about it. Israel doesn't, doesn't make any difference because of historical reasons. Right. I was actually somewhat surprised by that in the other direction, in that Pramila Jayapal is way to the right of our college campuses. She's to the right of our woke young calling Hamas a terrorist organization and condemning anything they do at all? She's like Barry Goldwater compared to our college campuses. Uh, as Tim Sandover uh, tweeted out on the, this conversation, we got to see both sides if the rape victim happens to be Jewish. She certainly didn't feel that way about any other rapes in any other circumstances or sexual harassment of any kind. Uh, it's pretty horrifying. There is a story, I, uh, I don't know, read it if you want to. I won't get into the details because it's too horrific about one guy who pretended to be dead at that music festival, actually smeared blood on himself to look like he was dead and was left there and so is alive to tell the tale. But he has to live with what he saw as he was laying there. And his stories are as gruesome as anything that has ever occurred on planet Earth yes. in terms of rape, raping women to death. And, uh, yeah, I, 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 don't, I, I don't know how you get to a place of, yeah, but, you know, 1948 and Israel and the land and who owns it. So, yeah, yeah budding any of that stuff is really quite amazing. Uh, uh, you're right. You're right. You could simply condemn it and leave it there. I'd say. Instead of yeah, budding. Yeah. As I've said many times, uh, not 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 100%, but a hell of a lot of people on the left, the more progressive they are, the more true it is, make arguments from a moral place, and then they abandon those moral principles the second they're no longer useful. And they're just trying to shame you into... Uh, you know, complying. It's about obedience. They don't mean the moral stuff. Not at all. It's just a tool. Now, I was talking earlier about how the Sunday shows were entirely about what are we going to do? What are you going to do to slow down Israel? What are you going to do to slow down Israel? Because they're 
You know, what about all the deaths they're causing? No, no, nothing about what are you going to do to keep Hamas from ever doing this stuff again we were just talking about. Right. What's the alternative? That's the question I keep asking. So uh, a little taste of it here with Kamala Harris and the Secretary of Defense over the weekend. The United States is unequivocal. International humanitarian law must be respected. Too many innocent Palestinians have been killed. Frankly, the scale of civilian suffering and the images and videos coming from Gaza are devastating. I personally pushed Israeli leaders to avoid civilian casualties and to shun irresponsible rhetoric and to prevent violence by settlers in the West Bank. So Lloyd Austin uh, at least comes from a place of experience. He is making the argument that what we saw, what I saw when we were fighting ISIS and Al-Qaeda is you make more of these people and give them support if you kill too many civilians. At least he's coming from a place of experience on this. But the fact that we're into the lecturing Israel phase from Kamala Harris, of all people, while she's over there in the Middle East at the climate conference and that sort of stuff, she uh, gives this speech. But we are in no uncertain terms using her lecture voice, because we all know her lecture voice, in no uncertain terms. Israel needs to blah, blah, blah. Uh, I, I just I can't believe we got there this fast. What I would like to know is if it's a sincere belief from a because um, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin said, and at least he has the gravitas of having been there, done that with uh, these sorts of situations. Um, he said they're, Israel could have a is going to end up with a strategic loss where you're going to get rid of Hamas. but You're going to have created so many people that want to be like Hamas. From killing too many people, you ended up losing. You didn't accomplish anything because he says that's what happened with ISIS and Al-Qaeda. Anyway, um, uh, what was, uh, I had a point on Kamala Harris and lecturing, blah, blah, blah. Well, anyway, may, let's, I, may I make two sure. very brief points? Uh, number one, there is truth to what Lloyd Austin says. Absolutely. Uh, number two, there are eight billion people on Earth and not a single one of them wants to hear that useless hag's lecturing voice. Not a single human being on Earth responds positively to Kamala Harris taking that tone. Not one, which is miraculous. There are people who like to have nails driven into them for pleasure, but not a single person wants to hear from Kamala Harris. (laughs) Um, What I was going to say is, I can't believe we got here this fast. Everybody was worried that is... You know, in support of what Israel's doing, was it worried that when when does the administration go wobbly? How long would it take? I didn't think it would go, come this fast. The question is, is it a sincere, like the argument that Secretary of Defense Austin is making, it is a sincere belief you're doing more harm than good, strategically this is a loss, or is it just reacting to the polls? Is it just seeing all the college kids marching in the street? Is it seeing you you, you lost independence by 15 points in a month and a half? Is is that what's driving it, or D all of the above, or yes, yeah, that's the one I there choose. There you go. There you go. D all yeah. of the above. Uh, here's Lindsey Graham responding to that kind of talk. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin said yesterday. He said, "If you drive civilians into the arms of the enemy, you replace a tactical victory with a strategic <laughs> defeat." Which he's saying that civilian casualties yeah. could create even more enemies. Yeah. Does he have a point? Uh, the, well, well, no, he's so naive. I mean, I've just lost all confidence in this guy. (sighs) 
Lindsay is absolutely from the kill them all, let God sort them out. <laughs> well, I'll tell you Republicanism. what, anytime I go wobbly, and I don't get very wobbly, but anytime I lose like a full head of steam of that, kill them all and let God sort them out, I read another account of what happened that day. Like the guy who smeared blood on him from someone who was raped to death so he could fake his own death, but he had to watch that happen. Said he relives it all day, every day, what he saw. Every time I read those accounts, I think, yeah, freaking do whatever you got to do to kill them all. Work out the details later. Is what I think every country on earth in the history of the world would do. Yeah, it's, it's sickening. The whole thing is sickening. I think we have a gigantic population of humans, um, particularly in the developed, comfortable West, who look at the horrors of history and say, oh, that's awful. That sounds terrible. Wow, that was an awful part of history. Hmm. And then when it is visited upon us in our time, they are completely horrified and can't comprehend it. And and it's it's damn near incomprehensible. But again, if you're a student of history... Sometimes it goes this way. Sometimes there's no negotiating. Sometimes you negotiate over and over and over again. And you get duped, you get lied to, the negotiations fail, the killing continues, and then there's a horrifying slaughter at one point. And then you decide, yeah, total victory turns out to be our only option. So it happens I, over and over again in history. Uh, since we won't talk about this for a while today, probably, um, uh, I only saw the first half of the 60 Minutes piece last night. It was all about the uh, uh, the heat on college campuses and all the demonstrations, pro-Palestinian demonstrations, they called them. Uh, did they ever get to separating out those people that are clearly absolutely pro-Hamas from just up with Palestine? Did they get into that on 60 Minutes? Because I didn't during the portion I watched. Not that I recall, not specifically. Because that's where the rubber meets the road. You're dressed like a Hamas leader. You're chanting from the river to the sea, and you're telling me you just are concerned about the plight of the Palestinian people. You got you got uh, classmates or who are screaming, you know, f the Jews at Jewish students. That's just about Palestinians didn't get a fair shake in negotiations with Yasser Arafat. I mean, is that what that is? I don't. I don't believe it. Well, it's time for somebody to say to these children, because they really are children. If you look at how late people grow up in the United States now, you got to tell these children, you've got a child's understanding of what's going on. And these damned radical professors who've poisoned the minds of our kids, that may be the greatest challenge of our time. God, where what, what state is it that just adopted this new thing where uh, 16-year-olds automatically get registered to vote so that when they turn 18, they'll, they'll all be, already be on the voter rolls? That's obscenely stupid. <laughs> well, you know what's driving that. Oh, of course. Um, of course. You can uh, text us anytime you want if you want to join in the conversation. College football's in an uproar, Joe. We should probably talk about that at some point. It's actually kind of I've an interesting, that. interesting decision they made. Um, our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If 
you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Armstrong and Getty Show. An alarming new investigation into air traffic controllers. The New York Times detailing multiple incidents where air traffic controllers were allegedly sleeping on duty or using alcohol and drugs. The report covers hundreds of complaints to the FAA hotline over two years, saying one employee showed up to work this summer drunk, joking about making big money buzzed. Just last month, a government report found high levels of overtime among air traffic controllers, leading to, quote, absenteeism, lower productivity and fatigue. The Air Traffic Controllers Union is firing back, saying the report is an unfair and inaccurate portrayal of their professionalism and skill. Yeah, I don't know. I read the article and it talked about people being drunk all day or high all day as air traffic controllers. But there's gazillions of them and there's gazillions of everybody. I mean, there are plenty of. Uh, car insurance salesmen that are going to be drunk or high today, or teachers, or whatever, if you've got a whole bunch of everybody. They're not as well, consequential. They don't crash airplanes. What the hell kind of argument was that? I just, I just don't think you can make any statement about the overall industry based on, you know, the guy over there oh. who's drunk or the guy over there that's high. A handful of people, yeah. It could be argued that maybe a, a pop or two would steady the hand and, you know, free a, free a guy up. Uh, on the other hand, I, I am outraged that anybody would suggest that unionized government employees might be slacking off on the job. That can't get fired? Can't, right. I can't even believe that. Yeah, And, and, and then they have the audacity to joke about how they're unfireable. Oh, my. <laughs> Shocking. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, we're, we're based out of California, and you might not know this if you don't have never lived in California. California's really not into college sports. If you live in other parts of the country, it's so huge. I mean, it was just, it dominated when I lived in Kansas, when I lived in Wisconsin, when I lived in North Carolina. I mean, college sports was every bit as big as pro sports, if not bigger, depending on where you lived. Yeah, and it it's not that there are no college sports fans. It's just not culturally nearly as important. Not even close. But anyway, they... Yeah. College football is huge, and uh, they've got a system now. I guess this is the last year of it where they just pick four teams that they believe are the best. Some committee picks the best four teams, and they have them play in a playoff over uh, you know New Year's and stuff like that and pick a champion. Well, this year, for the first time ever, they left out an undefeated team from one of the big dominant conferences. Florida State, who won the uh, ACC undefeated all season long, not allowed a shot at playing uh, other teams. Yeah. Okay. What? 
You know, I've been following this pretty closely. I watch a fair amount of college football just to entertain me. I have a couple of buddies who are hardcore, and everybody's acting all outraged about this, and it is outrageous. Uh, I listened to a long, long argument. There are absolutely six teams beyond any argument who deserve those four slots. And it's impossible to rank them. But the, the, the whole excitement of sports is, the, can the team, the, I, I don't think that team's good. Oh my God, they did win. That's the mm-hmm. whole point. If everybody who was supposed to win always won, we wouldn't watch. Right. So the idea that they shouldn't be in, well, their star quarterback got hurt, so they're not as good as they would have been, so they shouldn't play. That's the whole, that's all the excitement. Yeah, that's the problem with Florida State. They're down to like their third string quarterback, and they kept winning with them for whatever reason, but the gurus decided, well, that's not as good a team anymore now that the other dude got hurt. Man, I'm glad so I'm glad we'll other... downgrade them, even though they were undefeated. Yeah, I'm glad all other sports don't do that, or you wouldn't have all the greatest stories and sports histories of the team that you didn't think could win winning. Right? The third string kid ends up a hero. Nope, not going to see that. Not a chance. Weird, man. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Armstrong and Getty Show. There was all of the criticism. There was advertisers leaving. We talked to Bob Iger today. I hope today. they stop. You hope? Uh, don't advertise. You don't want them to advertise? No. What do you mean? If, if somebody's going to try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go f*** yourself. <laughs> but go f*** yourself no is that clear i hope it is hey bob if you're in the audience well well, let me ask you then that's how i feel so we we played that several times last week and i played it for my kids uh with with some explanation of what was going on there they thought it was hilarious i thought it was hilarious i thought it was awesome (laughs) and most people i know thought it was awesome did you think it was awesome I don't approve of the foul language. 
It's terrible. It's ungentlemanly. Well, I just so the yes, re- it was hilarious. The, re- the reason I'm bringing this up is how if you if you if you only hang around people that think like you, yeah, you know, you get the tendency to everybody's thinking this way. But so I came across the other half of the country or whatever percentage that sees it completely differently. Uh, first, we'll play this. This is fake. It was making the rounds on social media over the weekend. The first part is an actual CNN roundtable discussion about the Elon Musk thing, and then and then a guy jumps in with a fake response, although his response is still very interesting. Go ahead. Let me just underscore for uh, for the audience, he's 52 years old. This is a 52-year-old man who feels the need to say dirty words to, to make people shocked. It's just, it's bizarre. And, Cara, um, and what's bizarre is that the same big brands that stop advertising on X don't seem to have a problem advertising on TikTok and Instagram, both of which have algorithms that promote pedophile networks. I'm sitting here listening to you and you don't seem to have a problem with that neither. So if you have a problem with Elon Musk being frustrated over advertisers trying to blackmail him into censoring free speech, frankly, you should go ahead and f*** yourself. (laughs) I... So that wasn't real, <laughs> but his points were still good. Oh, they're absolutely fabulous, and, and he left out doing the bidding of the Chinese Communist Party. But yeah, those advertisers he are did fine on his own. Advertising on kinds all kinds of platforms that have all kinds of problems with different topics. Yeah, and, but not platforms that sometimes defend Republicans. We can't have that. That's and, obscene. And then to the intro, here's a 52 year old man who needed to resort to. I mean, that whole thing. So, so again, that's the oh, way. The high handedness of it. Which, Shut up. Which leads me to this: this article in the Washington Post that I thought was hilarious. This is the way the other half of the world sees it, I guess. The billionaire myth takes a beating from the Washington Post. <laughs> Long before Donald Trump rode down the golden escalator, or Elon Musk purchased Twitter, or Sam Bankman-Fried built a crypto empire, Americans lionized billionaires. Skip, 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 skip. Get to this. Never has the billionaire myth looked shakier. Trump, the four-time indicted president, is facing civil liability for exaggerating his wealth based on inheritance and property values. Bankman Freed is facing a lengthy prison sentence for fraud. And Musk, who lost more than half of Twitter's value, self-incinerated in a now-viral interview in which he told off advertisers. Self-incinerated. So you saw it, and your crowd saw it as self-incinerated. I played it for my kids because I thought it was so awesome. <laughs> wow. That is a contrast. <laughs> I would say so. Well, and where did that premise come from? America's long, uh, what did they say? If I gave you a few... Revered billionaires. If I gave you a few guesses, I know you could come up with it because it all comes down to this one way or another. Here we go. And yet millions still buy into the myth, attributing superior knowledge and ability solely on the basis of accumulated wealth. Well, I attribute a certain amount of knowledge and ability based on that. Uh, as uh, Ability to, to accumulate wealth, for one. <laughs> the American preoccupation with the genius savior dovetails with the American distrust of government and other public institutions. Oh, I'm supposed to respect government institutions. And trust trust them. They're the ones that have all the knowledge about how things work. Not the people that have figured out how to make billions of dollars. They don't know nothing. The genius savior, that's disgusting. Government institutions is what I should look to for knowledge and direction. Are you kidding me? But here's the kicker. 
and you knew this is not this. You're you're going to say, oh, of course, as soon as I read this. In 2021, historian Heather Cox Richardson located the roots of the mythology of the genius myth in the days of Reconstruction, when white Southerners insisted that federal efforts to enable formerly enslaved men to participate in the economy on terms equal to white men were simply a redistribution of wealth. So it comes down to white supremacy! That's why we are all so enthralled with billionaires. It's because we're white supremacists. Wow. <laughs> wow. How did you get there? Oh, my God. That, that is something. So you start with the, I don't feel that way, Elon Musk, who incinerated on national television. Did he? Or was it awesome? And the only reason you look up to him is because of white supremacy, of course. And then it gets into the myth of the cowboy, the individualist. It was a cover for the attitudes of that age and blah, 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 blah. Oh, my God. I've read this woman's garbage before. (laughs) She is a dyed-in-the-wool collectivist dipped ass. Very bright, but completely twisted perception of the world and how it actually works. One of the reasons that I bring this forward is, uh, well, one, I find it amusing, but... Um, between this sort of stuff and then the leaning so heavy toward Gaza's the victim, Israel is the perpetrator thing, have we ever had this big a disconnect between the major media, whatever you want to call it, the important media, I hate to use that term, but the Washington Post, New York Times, and the Evening Newscast, all that sort of stuff, they still... They still have a lot of power. Has there ever been this big a disconnect? I know it's always been no. left, but not like this. No, no, absolutely not. Uh, one of the interesting aspects of this, and this woman, uh, Ms. Cox, what's her name, uh, really exemplifies it, is the whole victim-oppressor ideology where you see everything through that lens. It also, and this is not surprising, demonizes success. It doesn't. It doesn't celebrate it. It carries with it an assumption that if you have been successful, if you have an above average income or wealth or whatever, you are not you're not immediately assumed to be admirable. You're immediately 100% of the time assumed to be reprehensible, to have stolen it, to have cheated people. That's the only way to be successful is to steal it from someone else. It's like Jerry Brown's infamous moronic statement about those who've uh, disproportionately extracted from the public wealth. I mean, it's it's, it's like a 10-second state, statement that has 13 things wrong with it. It's absolutely idiotic, but that's their point of view. And that's, that's widely held by the mainstream media. It is crazy. Those who have been blessed the most, who have disproportionately extracted by whatever skill more and more from the national wealth, they're going to have to share more of that. One of the reasons I take in information from NPR, Washington Post, New York Times, these places, because I want to, you know, because otherwise I wouldn't know. It wouldn't have occurred to me that there are people out there that watched that Elon Musk thing and said, well, he just incinerated himself. He just he just yeah. embarrassed himself. It was a low moment. In his, he doesn't feel that way. His fans don't feel that way. I thought it was awesome. Hey, Bob. Yeah, and, and it enabled that uh, that bloke on the uh, the video to make a couple of really, really excellent points. 
Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, I do the same thing. It's a, You have to do it. Uh, figure out what they're saying on the left. It's like getting satellite pictures of your opponent's troop movements. You need to know what they're up to and what you're fighting. And, and what we're fighting are some bizarre neo-Marxist uh, ideas. Yeah, it's like I, I said to a friend who only watches watches the Sunday shows, all of them but not Fox, I said, well, you know, you're missing half the news if you don't watch Fox. Or one of the other conservative outlets, yeah. Yeah. Anywho. By all rights, half of all American media should represent a conservative point of view. Why wouldn't it? What's the argument against that? I mean, I understand the First Amendment argument. You can't enforce it. But if it were not an entirely, you know, ideological, one-sided, for whatever reason, lefties like scribbling thing... It'd be roughly 50-50, or a third, a third, a third. Speaking of old media, Time Magazine has put out their short list for person of the year. Oh, boy. If a tree falls in the forest. Will it be Greta Thunberg? An update on that plucky little Swede's uh, activities. She is so full of crap. There's always How been dare full of you? crap. Uh, she has made a transition, if you haven't heard this. She's not a dude. That Not that kind of transition. <laughs> ideological oh, okay. and an update from the big climate conference that is every time I think that's become as hilarious as it's going to get the big Dubai climate conference they're run by their oil minister every time I think it's as funny as it can get it gets funnier um, short list for Time Magazine person of the year um, I just saw it Xi Jinping Putin mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who would you put on there? Just to let you know, most, most, most talked about, most influenced, the most world conversation. Who did you hear about forty-seven days in a row earlier this year? If it was her, who I heard about the most, it'd be Taylor Swift. Not. Dylan Mulvaney. Oh, oh my God. Joe <laughs> voted for Dylan Mulvaney for Time Person Magazine of the Year. I just brought Jack to his knees. I doubled him over. <laughs> that hurt. Didn't um, see it coming. <laughs> <laughs> we got all that stuff Joe mentioned coming up. Armstrong and Getty. <laughs> oh, my God. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, 
you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Merriam-Webster announced that one of the site's most looked-up words of 2023 was riz, which is slang for charisma. But if you have to look it up, bitch, you ain't got it. Oh! Oh! We'll have to get into that list of um, most popular words or new words or most looked-up words of the year. It's always good at the end of the year to look at that stuff. Oh, yeah. Love that. I love words. They're fun to play with. Arr, what was I going to say? Oh, there was no need to drop a B-bomb, though. That was out of line. Now, i got to admit, when I heard that Saturday night, I thought that was too rough for the air, Michael. That's what I thought when I heard it. Yeah, I use that word sometimes. I don't know. It was the intonation of it. At who? Who do you call back? At who? What now? The B-word. Who do you use it at? Oh, uh, I use it mostly, uh, well, I'll, I'll use it occasionally for comedic purposes. I don't know. Let's not get all uh, Elizabethan, you know, it's a pointy uh, pinky and the rest of it. Right. It's a little harsh. If you hated it, drop us a note. We'll cleanse all future B-words. <laughs> it was harsh, though. Yeah. Anyway, uh, getting back to the uh, the topic of the, the segment, uh, the world climate uh, orgasm is getting goofier and goofier. It's the COP28, and I believe Katie explained to me what that uh, COP stands for, but it's just silly. It's climate something, something, doesn't matter. It's all the world leaders taking private jets to somewhere or other, partying for a week and talking about climate change. And then, uh, you know, distributing their taxpayer money to various cronies. Uh, the big controversy this week is that Sultan Al Jaber, who is responsible for leading the world away from fossil fuels, he's the the renewable energies guru and the oil and gas guru for uh, the UAE. He said, "Look, there's no science to support a phase out of oil and gas." Let's just keep using them. We'll do the renewable stuff, too, but there's no reason to stop using oil and gas. And, of course, all the climate people who were more than happy to be there and party on his dime said, Okay, Al Jabber, that's too much now. Come on. And they're pretending to throw a fit. So I just find it very amusing. Uh, meanwhile... On the Greta Thunberg watch, everybody's favorite overly earnest uh, Swedish teenager... Swedish, is that right? I always get Sweden and Switzerland and Norway. Nobody can... Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Man, they're all the same. A couple articles about her I came across recently. Now, when she was first on the scene, I would not mock because A, she was a child, and B, she's on the autism spectrum, as my eldest kid is, and um, she gets a pass for being unwise, especially as a child. On the other hand, I was staunchly against and continue to be against the sort of simple-minded thinking that believes that, well, if a child says that it must be true because children, they're so wise and they're not tainted like adults, worshipping children like some sort of specters, stop it. <laughs> Kids say all sorts of stupid crap. Anyway, I thought this was <laughs> my kid, interesting. My kid wants a monkey and it's a terrible idea. I can't For remember instance, who wrote this. 
Yeah, there you go. He wants a Um, monkey. He wants to bond with our prior evolutionary selves. It's a message to the world. So get your kid a monkey that then will, you know, claw my eyes out at some point in my children. They know that's right. They know. (laughs) Well, your eyes are your capitalist white cis male eyes probably ought to go to the monkey to feed him. Anyway. Uh, and if you can imagine, some confused adolescent girls actually think they're boys, but uh, confused adolescents say a lot of stuff. Anyway, uh, back in 2019, you remember the melodramatic UN speech, how dare you, accusing them of virtue signaling. Uh, last summer, she actually posted the, a video. Is that the famous, you've stolen my childhood speech? Is that that one? Yeah. Okay. You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. Now, right. She actually, uh, her, a friend of hers posted a video of her mocking that very speech. It was actually funny. Um, so her, 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 one of her boy friend, male friends made an unfortunate reference to the female anatomy, and she hit him with that whole, how dare you? You have stolen my dreams, as they're sitting there at a picnic table. It's actually pretty funny, but... Uh, how about all your acolytes who took it so seriously? Anyway, plunging along. And then she's removed a whole bunch of her earlier tweets about how the world would burst into flames by 2022 well, if we yeah, didn't do this, that, prob- and the other. Probably a good idea. Uh, after, and some of those claims, by the way, that were backed up and substantiated by factcheck.org and the Associated Press, they're all gone now because they're so silly. And uh, recently she was photographed uh, making a protest against Israel while allegedly displaying an anti-Semitic symbol. Then two weeks ago in Amsterdam, a climate activist tried to grab the microphone from her after Palestinian and Afghan women spoke. And this guy said, uh, what he wanted to say is, I've come here for a climate demonstration, not a po- political views. And if you think, friends, if there are still any of you who think that I am uh, imagining this giant neo-Marxist movement in which all of the downtrodden subcategories of people are joining together to tear it all down and build a utopia, Greta Thunberg said, as a Climate justice movement, we have to listen to the voices of those who are being oppressed and those who are fighting for freedom and for justice. Otherwise, there can be no climate justice without international solidarity. And went on to say, uh, where's the rest of it? Um, Oh, I'm sorry. This article is too long, and I realize I don't have time to start at the beginning of it. Essentially, he said, there is no climate justice without political justice, and there is no justice at all until there's justice for the Palestinians, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so climate change got tied to the Palestinian cause. Yeah, she went ahead and said, no, all of this unrelated stuff is completely related. We've all got to be in this together to tear down the system. Oh, that's right. And she uh, she made it Greta herself said that. Yeah. Wow, wow. I, did, I did not catch this. That's a, that's a big move. Uh, last year, it's worth mentioning, uh, she said climate change is the perfect vehicle for ending capitalism. Close quote. Her mission is to end capitalism. Do you think she oh, was... and overthrow Israel. Oh, and the climate change. Do you think she was a Marxist when she was nine, or did she, she just only cared about climate and then, like, more recently has joined forces with Marxists? Well, I think she was older than that when she burst onto the scene. But to your question, um, I, I just think she has the mindset of the progressive child who's been indoctrinated. That you're either the victim or the oppressor. If you have less power, there is nothing you can do that should be condemned. Nothing, including beheading children, burning people alive, and raping women to death. 
And if you have more power, there is nothing you can do that is at all defensible or admirable. Wow, that's interesting. Tide climate change to the Palestinian cause. Armstrong and Getty. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.